a couple of interesting texts on this. Uh, Texter says, does a coaching change in December allow that player that signed to in June to unsign? Yeah, so this is this is sort of what has happened. We have normalized the 30-day portal window opening, which that portal window would open uh, and, and on any coaching change for any player who has signed with the school or is on scholarship. So that that's a that's a good question. I would think that it would remain the same. A uh, texter says there pr- it probably hurts recruiting for G five schools because a three star might wait to sign with UNC Charlotte in hopes that a Clemson, UNC, or South Carolina comes calling in November. I mean, it 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 could hurt early recruiting for G five schools. But what's actually going to happen is you're going to have the Power five schools fill up, and the G more high school kids are going to have offers from G five schools. Because the Power 5 schools won't be rating commitment lists. Like when a guy commits in the summer, Power 5 schools won't be able to raid that commitment list and get that kid because he's already, he's already locked in. Um, th- those are good questions. I, and and I'm, I'm telling you how I think this is going to work. This, this is, has not been ratified yet, but I think it is, there is momentum toward potentially uh, ratifying this in the coming weeks. Let's go to Will Vandevort now. Check him out, at Will on Twitter. He is with the ClemsonInsider.com. And the Believe Podcast Network. Willie B, what's up, man? Man, welcome to crossover season. It's awesome, right? It is awesome. Uh, I enjoy it. You like with with TCI? I know this is this is intern season too, right? Where you can always send interns, the army of interns, to cover things that are happening <laughs> simultaneously, and it takes a little bit of uh, a little bit of the workload down. Uh, somewhat. <laughs> you were you were your former intern, so yes. you you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we got a pretty good young staff uh, there, that, and they do a good job. So they'll help with some of it to cover some softball games and baseball games we can't get to and stuff like that. So yeah, but uh, but no, it's always a fun time of year because you got uh, you know Clemson, South Carolina baseball going to go this weekend. I'll be at two of those three games. Um, you've got um, obviously football starting today. I'll be at both. Uh, Friday today's and Fridays, and then you got basketball, right? I was there last night covering the game, and you know I'll I'll be watching from afar this weekend as they play Notre Dame, um, but obviously be very into it, and um, and then of course next Tuesday they got a home basketball game. So hey, it, it's that's why I call it crossover season because you throw spring football in the mix, and uh, it just makes it fun, Falk, and that's what we do, what we do, and why we love doing it because we get to do these things, and um, you know, so we're blessed that we get to do all of it. And, by the way, Clemson softball got a huge game tonight against number top five Georgia uh, So uh, in, in Athens. So, you know, got, got that going on, too. It's going to be fun. Let's talk about the games from uh, yesterday, and then we'll, uh, we'll work our way to spring practice. Let's start on the hardwood with uh, Clemson-Pittsburgh last night. Your thoughts on what we saw from the Tigers, particularly down the stretch there? Yeah, what a – look, if people don't understand, that was a good – quality win last night. That was almost the equivalent to winning what an NCAA tournament game is going to look like. You saw what it takes to win an NCAA tournament game last night because it's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. Um, they're going to let you play that way in the NCAA tournament. It's not going to be like going to Duke where, you know, they call every touch foul except if, maybe if it's Duke doing the fouling. Um, you know, so it's not going to be like that. It's going to be, you know, um, it's going to be physical, and I thought that was a good basketball game for Clemson to win to show they can play that kind of game and win that kind of basketball game. I thought Florida State was a little bit like that too, but 
what impressed me about last night in the last three games is just the defensive intensity that Clemson has brought to the court in the second half. They held Georgia Tech to, uh, you know, I believe 28% shooting from the floor in the second half. Uh, I think Georgia Tech shot like 15% from three-point range. Um, and then, then they follow that up by holding Florida State to under 30% shooting um, from the floor and from three-point range in the second half, and then did it again last night to a Pittsburgh team that started off the night hot, five of six from three-point range, but then went two for their last 17 the rest of the game. Uh, two of their last 19, excuse me, the, less, the rest of the game from three-point range. So again, they turned up the defensive intensity when it mattered most, and and then just did enough on offense. And with Chase Hunter, you know, I asked Brown L about it last night. If that is sometimes you need luck, right? And that three pointer he made was one of the most lucky bounces I've ever seen <laughs> for a Clemson basketball player because that ball came in and out of the rim, crawled up the backboard and then right back down into the rim. I'd never seen anything like it, but sometimes you need a little luck, and that was a big shot and allowed Clemson to clinch that win last night. Uh, he is Will Vandervoort. Check him out at Sheila Will on Twitter, the ClemsonSider.com, and the Believe Podcast Network. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen that shot a lot, Will. It's just normally the opponent that makes that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other team. Yeah, good point, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted this last night. Clemson got a lot of stops down the stretch. They were down by four. And they outscored in the last eight minutes of the game. They outscored Pittsburgh, twenty three twelve. They shot eight for twelve, and they held Pitt to three for thirteen. And so, you know, it's it's an it's another representation of like, this is not a team. And I I'll say this: I don't know that this team is is set up to win like the last possession buzzer beater game. I don't think that's that's what it is. But it's not a team that can't execute down the stretch. And I think there's a very big difference in saying those two things. And I think we saw it last night. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I had a couple of people on the message boards. And, you know, I shouldn't get too worked up on what people say on message boards. But they're like, oh, well, that was horrible coaching in the last few minutes and execution. And I'm like, where did you see that? I'm like, they, they actually executed very well down the stretch. And that's why they won that game. They executed wonderfully against North Carolina down the stretch. They did the same thing um, in the, even in the loss of Virginia – you know, they didn't make the basket, but they were there. They had a chance to win it. It wasn't like it was executions why they lost the game or they didn't have a plan. And the same thing with uh, the Syracuse win. You know, they executed that. I just – and Florida State as well. I don't understand why these people out here, they, they make up these narratives in their head about Clemson basketball. And I'm like, you guys are enjoying what's in front of you. You're watching one of the best basketball teams Clemson's had in 30 years play. And you guys are looking for negatives for some reason that I don't quite understand. And I'm kind of tired of it, you know? And it's like, enjoy the team playing basketball. They're winning. They're playing at a high level. Every night, it's exciting. If you can't get excited about watching a Clemson basketball game, then what else can you get excited about? Because one thing for sure, with this team, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be an exciting game that goes down to the end. That's the whole reason why we watch sports, right, is to watch good games and watch teams execute and play well. And that's what this team does each night. Very rarely have they come out and just played horrible. Right, we haven't seen that from them hardly this year at all. So you know, I, I just think people need to whatever narratives in their head they need to just erase it and just start watching these games fresh. I'm just tired of hearing it from these um, these so-called fans, if you will. 
Well, and uh, it's, it's a great point, and uh, we certainly co-signed that. Uh, you were texting me about P.J. Hall after the game, talking about his own health uh, situation right now mm-hmm. and his own, how he's less than 100%. What did you glean from P.J. last night to kind of answer some of the questions we were answering earlier in the show? Yeah, uh, P.J. last night, you know, we uh, Larry and I, uh, or did I say Larry and me, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what Who it knows? is? <laughs> we just do. We just write and talk for a living. Um, you know, Larry asked the question first about, you know, how they were getting through certain things. And then I tried to follow it up, like, what what are your helmets? And he really wouldn't go into it. Um, he kind of spoke for both him and Ian and kind of bounced off, bounced the question back to me and, and what he said. And um, But, they, they, you know, we've heard Brownell say it. Uh, Brownell said they did not practice at all on Monday. That's why they were slow getting out of the gate. Uh, when I say them, I mean Ian and PJ. Um, Ian and PJ both admitted that they they got some nagging injuries that they're dealing with, and they try to rest as much as they can. Um, like I said, they wouldn't elaborate on what those injuries are, and, and neither has Brownell. Um, but we know it's not anything serious, or they wouldn't be able to play, right? So they're able to play through it. But I can tell you they're playing through some pain. And um, I thought that was a gutsy effort, especially in the second half. Of both those guys that I mentioned in my story uh, last night, uh, this morning, was they were, you know, they were. That was a gutty performance in the second half because they weren't as productive in the first half as a tandem. But in the second half, they were very productive. Uh, one thing I've noticed about PJ Clark, and I think you guys mentioned earlier about he's struggling at the rim right now with some shots, and I think some of it has to do with whatever he's dealing with. Because I remember last night. You know, his patented junior skyhook that he does, he does it as good as anybody I've ever seen since Magic Johnson with that junior skyhook. And uh, he has not gone to it as much lately. And I think it has something to do maybe with the way he's planning or whatever because he he'll, he looks like he's going to go to it and normally what he would do. And then he does something else. And last night he tried it in the first half and couldn't do it. He ends up trying to fade away and he ends up traveling with the ball, if you remember that play. Um, and uh, that's the kind of things I'm recognizing at the basket with him and Ian, that they just seem like those where they have to get strong with the ball or do things that they're early in the year they were comfortable with and they did very efficiently. They're not doing it as efficiently now. And if I had a concern, that's one of the things I'm concerned about with Clemson going down the stretch is the health of those two guys and how how efficient they can be and effective they can be when they get into postseason play. That's why I think that two-day bye in the ACC tournament is huge for Clemson to try to get that two-day bye, because if any team needs it, it's going to be them. He is Will Vandevoort, folks. Time for one or two more with him here on a Wednesday. All right, let's talk baseball. Um, you're mm-hmm. talking about narratives. Uh, the Will Taylor narrative, oh, he's in his head. He's, uh, you know, it's it's the draft, the pressure, all this stuff. He drops down to the sixth hole. He goes three for three. It was his first hit since opening day. And really, Will Taylor and Ethan Darden were the story last night, because Darden came in and threw up three zeros and allow Clemson's offense to pull away. Your thoughts on what was a, a very difficult tune-up for Clemson for South Carolina this weekend? Well, first of all, you and uh, you and Bob called a great game. I was listening to Thank you all most of the afternoon, and up until I couldn't anymore. And um, so, you guys did great. And you know, I thought Will just you know going up there, and we knew it was happening, right? You knew when he came out of the slump, he's going to come out of blazing. And so, you know, have yourself a day, young man. I mean, three home runs on three three at-bats and uh, to start the game for him. 
And, and he led off the inning each time, which to me was big in the sense of he's leading off the inning, right? So now he's done it in a situation where he's got to get on base or at least produce something, right, to start an inning, to start a rally. I think the first, the second time or the third time the Tigers were down, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when he hit that home run. And so that was huge in that sense because they need to get something positive going, right, and, uh, and try to get, get the rally going again, which he did and which it did start that that big rally form where they went on to score the last eight runs of the game. So I think that was huge for Will's confidence going forward. That's huge for Clemson because they're going to need Will Taylor this weekend. And I'm glad he got out of the slump before going to Columbia. He's going to to play there in front of his home fans. And, you know, a lot of people from Dutch Fork stuff are going to come over and watch him play. And so, um, you know, it'll be good to see him get – it's good to have him out of that before he gets in that environment next this weekend is what I'm saying. Uh, Playing, you know – two games in Columbia, even though one's, air quotes, neutral game. Um, so, uh, you know, that's good to see. And then you mentioned it, Eaton Dart, Dart, wow. You know, Backus just talked about how well in the preseason he pitched and how confident they were that he was going to come out and be able to do some things for him. And we're seeing it so far. I think he's – well, if I'm not mistaken, I know he's 2-0. and And I don't think he's given up a, um, a hit yet, has he, in the, in the five innings he's pitched or whatever? I don't believe so. I think you're right in yeah. saying that. Yeah, so, I mean, and last night with four strikeouts to go along with that. And so just, uh, I should say no runs yet is what I mean. Um, it, and I think he got one hit last night. He did. So, yeah, what a great performance for him. And that's something Clemson's going to need maybe in one of these three games because he only pitched three innings last night. So you can use him for a couple games against South Carolina. So to have a guy who's got that kind of confidence and did it last night against that USC Upstate lineup, which is a very good lineup, to shut them out for three innings like he did and only give up one hit, that's pretty impressive. So um, that's going to be good for Clemson going down to Columbia to play the Gamecocks. You know, you, when maybe we've seen them at, see them at Founders because obviously that's a small ballpark and you want to have a pitcher out there that can go out there and, and throw strikes and get you out of the inning without giving up the long ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the pitching this weekend. I think Saturday and Sunday we kind of know, but Friday appears to be uh... – at least a little bit up in the air. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Which is interesting going into that hostile place and and going up against. I like. I I know that all these games are going to be three to one because I'm expecting the first one to ten to win all three of these this weekend. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm just thinking it's going to be like a bunch of games where they're going to be like you know runs are going to be a plenty. Um, but yeah, you're right. Probably when we think that, we're going to see some of the best pitching we've ever seen in the series. Because that's how it works. That's how baseball gods can bring you back down, right? They're just they're they're going to make you uh, they're going to let you think one thing, but then they're going to show you that you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and so uh, that's why you love baseball. I think you said it earlier. That's why you always come to the ballpark because you never know what's going to happen. You always come to the ballpark because that's what makes baseball fun. And you're absolutely correct, Walt. That's why I love it. That's why I like going to pro games i love going to minor league games and i love going to college baseball games because there's always something that's going to happen that you didn't expect when you go you know you think you might think something but it totally totally the next thing and and i think this series this weekend is going to going to be that and this series is going to tell us a lot about clemson and south carolina i think this year more so than most years um because i think where definitely where i know where clemson wants to be and you know where clemson wants to be this series is extremely important for them getting there so uh it's going to be to see the the approach Clemson has and the approach the Gamecocks has with this series, it's going to be fun, man. And um, I just wish both games weren't in Columbia to start the thing. I wish it was kind of closer so it wasn't – so I could go to all three of them. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You, you got to do what you got to do, right? 
That's right, and uh, a lot of a lot of good Clemson fans down in Columbia going to get a chance to see. I think on uh, on Saturday as well. All right, final one, uh, final one for you. What is something that you want to find out from Dabo Sweeney today? Mm, find out from Dabo Sweeney today. First of all, I want to know who's actually going to practice. <laughs> That's because uh, the last couple yes. of years they've been so banged up and they've had so many injuries and off-season surgeries that. You know, there was times out there where it seemed like half the starters were on the sideline. So, and I get it. You know, you don't want them to get banged up in the spring and stuff like that. So, I understand it. So, I want that's kind of what I want to see is who's going to practice. Um, and then the other thing, man, you know, what what's their thoughts about the center position going into camp? Is it, you know, Ryan Linthicum? Is he the guy? I mean, he's the only guy on your team that's listed as a center. Don't you think it's time for him to make a move and become the center? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I want to know, like, what, what's going on there? Are we going to see Trent Howard start off today? Are we going to see, um, are we going to see, uh, Harris Sewell out there? So I'm kind of curious about that. Um, you know, obviously we'll hear about what his thoughts on Capehart and, uh, Johnson are, um, as far as if and any disciplinary actions there. I, I doubt it for Capehart. We, and I doubt they're going to tell us for Johnson, <laughs> if I had to guess, right? So, uh, you know, so that'll be interesting to see and, and, and hear what he has to say there. And then I want to know what the progression of a guy like Christopher Vizina is at quarterback. I think it's very important that Vizina be in a situation where he's not maybe going to take the job from Cade Klubnik, but he's pushing for the job. In other words, you want him to be in a position where if something were to happen to Cade Klubnik, you feel okay that Christopher Zena can come in and run the offense and run the show and there not be much of a drop-off, right? And also that helps Cade because then he's got somebody pushing him, which last year he did not. And I think that's why you saw some of the things Cade did because he wasn't really worried about losing his job, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, that's something I, I want to hear that. I want to see that over the course of the spring, too. I think that'll be uh, – Exactly. I, th- I think that'll be really, really good. Hey, uh, Willie V, always appreciate the time. Best of luck. I'm sure you're going to uh, chat with Dabo here in a little bit. So uh, we may hear – I'm on my we're, way. See if I get off. I was going to say, we're carrying that press – people are asking, we're carrying that press conference live at 3.15, and so we'll uh, hopefully hear Will Vandevoort with some incisive uh, questioning of the Clemson's head coach. Thanks, buddy. Always appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. We'll talk to you all later, man. See you at the ballpark or the, or the arena. Yes, sir. Will Vandevoort joining the program. 654 Roars the number. What's something you want to hear Dabo Swinney say today? We'll talk about that when we come back. Boneyard Cycles offers wholesale pricing on Harleys, Customs, Metric Cruisers, and off-road vehicles. Buy local from a local with the best prices, quality parts, service, and shop a selection that rivals the big city shops. Paul and his crew are here to answer your questions about parts, service, buying, or trading. Whether it's your first motorcycle experience or your 10th, a daily driver or weekend cruiser, visit online at BoneyardCyclesOnline.net or shop Boneyard Cycles in person at 507 Pyramidary Road in Anderson. No one wants it to happen to them, but unfortunately, chances are good that at some point it'll happen to you. Roof troubles. It's one of the most important parts of your biggest investment. So when you need repairs or a new installation, you need someone who you can trust to get the job done right. You need Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. As a family-owned and operated roofing company for nearly six decades, Joe Robertson and Son have built a reputation for quality craftsmanship. It's why thousands of upstate home and business owners have chosen them for their roofing needs. Beyond providing quality work they're proud to stand by, 
Joe Robertson and Son Roofing also takes a client first approach to their job. That means quality roofing, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. Put it all together and it's easy to see why they're the Upstate's premier roofing provider. You can't cut corners when it comes to roof repairs and installations, so go with the trusted name in the Upstate. Go with Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. Get started today by visiting them online at robertsonroofing.net. If you live in Pickens, Anderson, or Oconee County, great news. Gastroenterology Associates is accepting new patients at their Patrick Square location in Clemson. There's no referral required, and their Patrick Square location has a state-of-the-art office and outpatient endoscopy center. Visit the largest and most experienced GI practice in South Carolina located right in your backyard. Gastroenterology Associates in Patrick Square. Learn more and book your appointment at gastroassociates.com. plumber fast i always call one tom plumber one tom what here dial the number one then tom plumber or just tell your smartphone to call one tom plumber they promise to be there in an hour call the plumber whose name is his number one tom plumber one tom plumber if you're moving a loved one into assisted living and need a stress-free solution for selling their property samuel property group is here to be your guide from home evaluation to a hassle-free sale, we handle it all. Let us ease your burden during this transition and receive your check in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today and fill out the simple form to be contacted by one of our team members within 48 hours. That's SamuelPropertyGroup.com. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000-square-foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. How can we get your undivided attention? If you just look over here for two seconds, I'll do anything. I'll watch a foreign film. I'll talk to a man with a ponytail. Get in at 654-ROAR and let us know what you want to talk about. We are the Roar. All right, hour three continues out of bounds. William Quagginbush, Ben Milstead. We'll get to uh, some some uh, Davos Winnie press conference preview nuggets in just a second. First, um, uh, by the way, Texture from the 864 says great music today. I concur. I agree. Way to go, well, Ben. Thank you. D- I guess. <laughs> DJ Spin Milstead. It wasn't. It wasn't intentional. 
<laughs> you were trying to be average today? Is that I'm what you're saying? Trying to be average. <laughs> um, going back to, before we get to again to uh, previewing Davos Winnie's press conference a little bit, we've got one or two hump day headlines, too, we can give you at the end of the show. Um, the the three signing days. I why do we why do we need a February signing day? Why we know what December did to the February signing day. Why are we insistent on it's like the the one like the thing the the frame on the wall that can't be to you can't move that picture. That was great granddaddy's picture. Like why can't we move that? Why can't we get rid of February? Well, I'm okay with it being there in case you need it. Like you, you have to kick a defensive end off the team for disciplinary reasons, uh, or or they leave at the end of the semester, uh, end of the season, and you didn't expect it. I mean, I, I think you need that, especially now as fluid as rosters are, just an opportunity, one last catch-all to sign guys if you need them. I mean, I guess you could also get the. It'll be like like it is now, though. I mean, it, no. If you're if you're fortunate, you don't have to sign anybody, right? But I, I mean, like I'm okay having it. The uh, the the get out of your national letter of intent if your coach leaves situation that could be potentially relevant there. I could see that. Yeah, because you've got the 30 day portal window from December to January, but if you're a signee. In June, for example, like we were talking about, and your coach leaves, mm-hmm. then you you haven't been recruited since June. So the market may have dramatically changed, and you may need a little bit of a recruiting process to figure out where to go. I could see that being a, a potential factor here, certainly. Um, the What do you think this does in terms of the, the recruiting calendar for recruits? Like, do you think... Just like we saw in December, like 80 to 90% of the relevant prospects signed in December now anyway. Do you think a lot of them move now to June? A lot of them, but not that per- not that big a percentage. I think you'll have basically two there. Um, you Coaches are going to want to try to sign as many guys. I mean, upper-end schools who were signing four and five stars, they know they've – they know who those players are by the end of their junior year. They know if they want them or not. They want to sign them all right then if they can. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think that'll pick up – June will pick up some of the you – know, some of the excitement that we lost from the way we used to do it. And then December will be the, the catch-all number one and February catch-all number two. I just I, does it do other what do other sports signing periods look like? You know what I mean? Like the football signing, we're we're about to have three dates in football. No other sport has more than two. Because I'm sure they're not going to make all fall sports have a June, a December, and a February. Right? You you wouldn't think. I mean, m- mo even the sports that have two signing days. Or two signing periods functionally really only have one. I well, you have, I mean, basketball has two now. Um, which you know, in football, you're really just gonna have two. 
I, I think I think what you're essentially doing is just taking the two that you have and moving them forward, and you're you're just leaving that February there for the heck of it. Yeah, that's kind of what that's kind of what I'm thinking. Do you like? I mean, do you like this? Do you think this is generally a good move to give it a shot with a June signing period? That's an addition rather than a like moving the signing period. I'm okay with this. I mean, I think this is better than what what you have now. And especially what coaches are trying to move away from is having to put so much emphasis on the December signing period because of everything else going on. Now, did you mention when that middle one is? They've moved it back like two weeks. Well, no, they're, they're saying they're tying it to the end of the regular season. Okay, so it would I mean, be well, like so three we, weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is... Da, 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 da. They're saying two weeks. Oh, my gosh. How can I not find that now? That moving, the, moving the December signing period to the Wednesday following the final regular season contest. Uh, so the Wednesday after your final regular season, so it's essentially the same time as when it is now. That that makes sense to me because when you start getting down towards December twentieth, particularly in a twelve team playoff, you're going to have already played a playoff game if you're in one of those playing rounds, or you're going to be right there in the thick of it. You don't want that. Um, I I think that's a good move. If you're going to keep a December one, you got to move it closer to Thanksgiving than Christmas. You absolutely have to do that. I wonder if they will wait till conference championships are over, but I guess that really that only matters for a handful of teams and most everybody's regular season's done and you can go ahead and get them signed and move on. Okay, so I I find it a little interesting that they highlight this too. Uh just pointing out that the two signing periods would occur before the opening of the NCAA transfer portal. Uh which the hope is it allows coaches or encourages coaches to prioritize high school players rather than totally relying on the portal. Right. I also think, I mean, t- tell me I'm crazy here. I think it also, from a Clemson standpoint, it would nudge coaches toward, hey, you can – you can use the portal to replace the portal. Because right now, the transient nature of it and the later December signing period means that you could be recruiting freshmen while you're losing transfers. You could be recruiting freshmen all the way through December while you're losing transfers. And so, if you're a Clemson fan who's upset about how Clemson's used the portal, shutting down a a, a recruiting process at two different dates before anybody can ever enter the portal means that by the time they enter... You basically, if you're going to replace them, you're going to have to do it with portal guys to some degree, right? Unless you take the leftovers or freshmen that are out of letters of intent because their coach left, mm-hmm. that would be your pool in February. That's an interesting kind of, I didn't really think about that until you said it. That's an interesting kind of wrinkle here that might actually lead to a little bit more directed, uh, under control portal usage by more people, if that makes sense. You're not replacing freshmen with, you know, you don't have to decide whether you're going to replace somebody with a freshman or with a portal guy because you've kind of got your freshmen mostly locked in 
And so you're going to have to go to the portal to replace the portal, if that makes sense. Uh, let's go to Tar Heel Chad, who's up with us next. 654-ROAR is the number. What's up, Chad? Ben, every time I see you on TV, you're about to roll your eyes or you just rolled your eyes at an official. It's like <laughs> clockwork. It it happens a lot. You, you, I can't say anything. I can't I can't speak it. <laughs> so that's I'm verbalizing with my eyes. <laughs> every time it's like it's it's pretty much nine out of ten times that's what you're gonna get. So you're not the first person who's told me. You must have seen the, you must have seen the Scott Van Pelt clip last night. <laughs> I saw that last night, but I've seen that many times. It's kind of rinse repeat with you, so all, all that's good. Um, a couple quick things: um, Have you guys seen the NC State uh, UNC story about them uh, telling the SEC Big Ten that they are a package deal? Have you seen the story? I so I have read that story, but I. I'm, we haven't talked about it on air, frankly, because I'm not certain that that's what that is saying. I, I've, I so haven't quite decided I, where I fall on it yet. So there's been a new a story basically come out saying it's the North Carolina supermajority Republican legislature that is running point on the whole deal. And that um, that was in News Observer, I believe, this afternoon, So, which I find to be interesting. If that's truly the case, I don't know if that will set a precedent for other states. But basically, they're going to be, they will be the decision maker for two state-funded schools, which I found to be interesting. Hmm. Don't know if that is how it will play out, but I still find that to be a little interesting. Um, the third thing is we do have the Wolfpack this week, and I just want to remind all the NC State fans, since Roy Williams' era started, we're 41 and eight against the Wolfpack on the hardwood. Um, I'm not sure if you call that a rivalry or just a good old fashioned butt whooping, um, <laughs> that's coming this Saturday. However, I do a little worry. Just, uh, every game, uh, as we talked about on Monday, every game you got to play well. Um, and horn and company probably will be a problem. So I just wanted to mention that the last thing Maybe you know this, Clark. I don't. I didn't know this, but I think the transfer portal on the hardwood starts Friday, March first. I, I believe you're right. I believe you're right in saying that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why that March is. March first. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea why they did that, unless they just start it at the beginning of a month and they'll close it at the end of a, a month. I don't. I don't really know why it's happening Ampering. when everybody's season still going on. That is crazy. Anyway, uh, you guys take care. Have a good week. And Ben. Yes, sir. Keep it Take it easy on the Groover and, and uh, Valentine and the, the accountant, <laughs> all the folks, okay? Be I, nice. I, I will. I will. Right. <laughs> I've, oh, I've never said a word to them, and I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm safe by just rolling my eyes. You've talked about them behind their back. Based, or you've you've acknowledged them behind their back with your eyes? Yes. That's it? Um, we're talking about the signing periods, the three uh, signing periods? Uh-huh. Do you want to talk more about officials? No. Okay. I do not. I was going to say, we always want to talk more about officials, but we are also talking about uh, signing periods. Brad Crawford has a piece at 24-7, and he points out a couple interesting, um, a couple interesting things that the SEC really wants December to be dead. 
So that's going to be a point of contention here is that the SEC wants recruiting over by November 30th and then pick back up again in January. So they're probably going to stand on the table for that and see if they can get that part done, even though this feels like maybe a little bit more of a compromise. Um, I don't really know what the downside would be, why there aren't more conferences or more heads, of, like people in leadership, who want to be out of December. Because isn't that the goal anyway? Like, I'm shocked that it's being presented, and Thamel did this too, it's being presented as the SEC wants December to be dead, as if nobody else does. Well, we know there are coaches in the ACC. We know there's coaches in Pickens County who wanted, want that to be dead. Right. Could it just be that the SEC actually uh, communicates and listens to their coaches and then they have a voice loud enough that people pay attention? I mean, in other words, maybe others are saying it. We just don't hear it. That You know what? That is That is fair. That is fair. I think that probably... I think that probably could explain it could explain it um but that was it was interesting that it was framed that way as if the sec was the only one now again uh it's also you know greg sankey being the most powerful guy in college athletics right now they somebody probably called him and asked him what he thought you know Mm -hmm. and nobody's calling jim phillips that's what he thinks take that or for what it's worth um in our final segment We'll talk more about this. Uh, We also have a Gray Hump Day headline related to Georgia Tech. Stay with us. Final segment of the program is next. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. This Saturday, the Clemson Tigers are headed up to South Bend, Indiana to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. As the month of March begins, the Tigers look to create momentum with a win on the road. Broadcast begins with pregame starting at 7.15. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at com. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donuts in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open seven days a week. Pick up some delicious donuts and a cup of coffee. Whether it's our famous glazed or one of our specialty donuts, we have something for everyone at work or at home. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kremes. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm Eddie Bennett. Winter means colder weather and hot deals on Takeuchi at Bennett Equipment. 
We have Takeuchi track loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments ready to go to work today. Why settle for less with other brands when you can have the best in Takeuchi? Stop by any of our four convenient locations and see why Bennett and Takeuchi set the standard for equipment sales and rental. And remember, when you need equipment in the upstate or northeast Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, team building, and leadership training. Call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Again, call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. First, it was Seneca, then came Clemson. Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street, featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials. A build-your-own salad bar and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection, and get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager. Served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out, Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York style served with a southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main in Central. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. Been here for EC Sports, introducing Aminos BCAA plus EAAs, formulated to elevate your performance and maximize your gains. This unique formula supports muscular hydration, prolongs endurance, and accelerates recovery after those intense workouts. Packed with electrolytes, all nine EAAs, and coconut water extract, it replenishes your body and helps take your training and recovery to the next level. Try their two delicious flavors risk-free with their money-back guarantee. Visit UpstateMuscle.com and use code BEN for 20% discount on your order. The Roar, the only media outlet where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's going to be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day. Sing my share All right, final segment of the program. Glad to have you with us. 654-ROAR is the number you want to get in. we got a few minutes for you here at the end of the show. Uh, I want to tell you about Toyota Beasley. Go shop for a vehicle the way, the best way that you can. At Toyota Beasley and ToyotaBeasley.com, where their name means a great deal. The, the best cars on the market. You can get one of those for yourself. Uh, you can customize one that you want. Start on the website. You can complete the process there. Um, I mean, no, no doubt about it. That's the way people are starting now, uh, is, is customizing that car. And then when it gets to the lot, they just go there, finish up the paperwork and drive it off. That's the way people are buying cars. Now the pre-owned selection is top notch with Toyota Beasley. Their service department is top notch. You are not going to want to take for granted the opportunity we have in this area to deal with a dealership like Toyota Beasley. Go online, ToyotaBeasley.com. That's Toyota Beasley, where their name means a great 
deal. Let's go to Jason, who's up with us next on the phone. 654-ROAR is the number. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Tennessee Auburn tonight, uh, that's, you know, I still love Bruce Pearl. I just what he did at Tennessee was, uh, you know, definitely something that we'll, we'll, we'll never forget, of course. So that, well, one of the reasons that game always uh, interests me. I've, uh, you know, I, I'm a disciple. It's going to be a fun game. Auburn, uh, you know, has, you know, has played well on the road this year. And I think it's, I think Tennessee will win, and I think it's going to be an, an entertaining game. And with Tennessee's schedule, they have left with, uh, with Auburn uh, at South Carolina, Kentucky, and at Alabama. Uh, I guess, well, I guess Alabama this Saturday, actually. But if Tennessee can win three of those four, do you think that that's a strong case to make a number one seed as long as they don't flame out in the SEC tournament? Just going to get your take on take on that. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, that is the best game of the night by far. Uh, Tennessee's won four in a row. Now they've played some of the bottom feeders and they blew out Texas A&M, fraud, on Saturday. Um, and, you know, they, they've got Auburn at home and Alabama on the road this week. They've also got Kentucky at home. Well, South Carolina on the road and Kentucky at home. Very difficult stretch. Yeah, I mean, if they if they win their next four, they'll be on the one line when we when we go to conference tournaments. I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't. Right now, in the net ratings, they are sitting at five. They've got, they're five and five in quad one. They've got 11 wins in quads one and two. They've got no bad losses. And you've got four quad one opportunities coming up. Uh, there's no reason in the world why you shouldn't, if you're Tennessee, why you shouldn't end up on the one line if you win those. Or, in my opinion, if you go three and one, um, you, you should end up on the, uh, on the one line. Now, my, I, I would also say this. In tonight's game, tonight is the perilous spot for you, because you've won four in a row. You you really haven't played a team of this magnitude in a while. Like I think Auburn and Alabama have separated themselves a little bit. Kentucky, on a lot of nights, has separated itself. But when when you've played these type of teams at home, like you played Illinois at home and beat them by seven, uh, you played Alabama at home and beat them by twenty. I think they can do that to Auburn tonight. Auburn is a team that really does a good job in its building. And then when you get them away from home, I mean, they, they almost dropped 100 on Georgia uh, over the weekend. Um, but they lost by 16 at Florida. You know, they've uh, they've lost at Mississippi State. They've lost at Alabama. If they're vulnerable, it is in road games right now. And uh, so I, I would expect Tennessee to win this game. I think it's going to be a, a, a really good game. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring, too. Um, both teams want to want to shoot quickly. They try to bog the game down defensively, but I, I just um, I don't think that's necessarily uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to work. Um, I didn't see a lot. You know, we we uh, before we get to hump day headlines, I, I didn't see a lot that I loved in the in the basketball slate tonight. I mean, there's a couple games on there. Uh, South Carolina Texas A&M is tonight. We talked about Virginia Boston College. That could be important for Clemson. St. John's Butler. Um, uh, Duke is playing at Louisville where they're going to wheel Kyle Filipowski out there to play 38 minutes in the game. I think it's at Duke. Oh, it is at Duke. I You're right about Duke. that. You're right about that. Yeah. Filipowski's, I mean, miraculously healed. Oh, so, God, ridiculous. Um, anything else on the uh, on the signing days, the signing periods? I think we covered it. I think we did, too. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for how we close out Wednesday shows. It's time for our good friend, the camel. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie. Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. It is time for Hump Day Headlines, brought to you by The Wheel and Foul, WFCigarBar.com, downtown Anderson. Check them out on Main Street today. Then, Paul Johnson absolutely blasted Jeff Collins the other day. This was on, he was on with Bill Shanks on the radio. This was, I believe, last weekend, maybe? Um, or, or last week? Uh... These are some of the quotes that Johnson had about Jeff Collins. I just want to read a couple of these. Quote, Well, he wanted to reinvent history a little bit, and he kept going back to when Georgia Tech was relevant, this, that, and the other. And I was trying to think back to when they were better than uh, than when we were here, I guess maybe the 50s. But when you went back and looked, I kept looking for all the championships they won. And it was like, you know, he just distorted everything when he got there. I'll just call a spade a spade. I don't care. I got no respect for the guy. I can say what I want. Wow. (laughs) That's what he said. He went in and distorted everything that was there and acted like we not won a game and lied about who he inherited, lied about the offensive line, lied about us not going to the high schools in Georgia. He went and told a bunch of whoppers, and it came back to get him because there was not much substance there. Then he goes on. He says, you know what was really amazing? I probably shouldn't say this, but I will, which is great. I love that lead-in. I've never been one to hold much back, but the opposing coaches in the league would call me, and they were laughing. I had one particular coach who called me who had really pounded him at home in Atlanta, and he told me, Paul, it's a circus. And he goes, I told my kids after the game in the locker room, he said, congratulations, you just beat a team that physically kicked our A for the last three years. And he goes, I'm not just saying that to you. When we got through those games, he said it was hard for us to play the next week because of the physicality and the way you played. I had another coach call me late on Saturday night who just beaten them, and he said, I even lined up in your formation at the end just to stick it in. I think the people who knew knew. <laughs> And I want to know what that was, where somebody lined up in the flex bone and took a knee on Georgia Tech. I I would love to see that. He just, I mean, he, he said, uh, he, he goes on to say, I'm not reading all of this. He says, I told somebody the team he inherited won seven games, finished second to Cole, so I had four or five offensive linemen come back. And I could go into the story one of their dads told me, one of the ones who left and that sort of thing. But to say those kids averaged 250 pounds, it was backhanded at them. And I don't know why you would do that. I followed a lot of coaches who've been in the profession and know that when you go in, if you don't have anything good to say, just don't say anything. When I went into Georgia Tech, I was very appreciative of what Chan had done. We had some really good players in the program. When we had holes like you do, there were some positions where we needed more guys or whatever. But we wouldn't have done me any good to go in there and bash Coach Gailey. Plus, I had a lot of respect for him. I thought he did a good job. So he, he goes on He goes on like that. And he did say he has a good relationship with Georgia Tech, but he was, he was disappointing the administration for letting it go on. And he said he's kind of... He's kind of built that relationship back over the last few years. Your thoughts, Ben? Uh, I like it. I mean, why not? Nobody's, nobody at Georgia Tech is going to come to the defense of Jeff Collins. No. And it's funny that you mentioned him because when Clemson played at Georgia Tech, uh, Paul Johnson, the last – there was at least two games there when he was coached that he sat right on the front row like three seats down from me. And I so I would kind of look to see if he was still there, but I didn't didn't see him. But speaking of Georgia Tech, Quark, uh, and I'll tie this to Georgia Tech in just a moment. First, 
Will Taylor for Clemson last night breaks out of the slump, as you said, uh, in a massive way. Three home runs on the night, and that's that's impressive. Actually, that wasn't the best in the conference last night. Freshman at Georgia Tech, Drew Burris, four home runs in his first four at-bats last night. Woo! It's, it's his eighth game as a collegiate player. That- four home runs in back-to-back-to-back-to-back A-Bs. Pretty impressive. I, I have seen that guy on my timeline. I did not see that from last night. I've seen that guy on my timeline, and a lot of the people saying this guy is going to be a major problem in college baseball in the next three years. Major problem. Kudos to him. Good job. Um, have you seen? Texture saying it was Duke that lined up in the uh, in the in the flex bone. bone in the flex bone. Yeah, good, good for good for them. Good for old uh, old Cutcliffe. Well, that would it would have been Cutcliffe. It was. Well, maybe it was. I mean, I guess it would. Yeah, have, yeah, yeah, I maybe, guess it would have I mean, been on could, who it is. Regardless, good for them. Good for them. Um, have you seen what Merrill Hodge said about Drake May? Merrill, I can I can confidently tell you I haven't heard anything <laughs> that Merrill Hodge has said in about a half a decade. Well, you know, Merrill Hodge has been known for like his remarkably crazy takes about round one quarterbacks that come true. Like when everybody was touting Johnny Manziel for number one, and he said, I wouldn't draft Johnny Manziel before like the fifth round. He's going to be a total bust in the league, whatever. And he said, I'd take Khalil Mack all day long. Mm-hmm. Like he was saying all that. He says a bunch of crazy stuff that turns out being right. He's not afraid to do that. He's already said that he thinks Caleb Williams is just a guy. He thinks Caleb Williams is just a guy. There's nothing special about him. Like if you if you trade Justin Fields for that guy, you're an idiot. Like he's been, he's been saying that about the Bears. Then he was asked uh, on with Colin Coward yesterday, about Drake May, and he said, quote, I wouldn't take him in the first round, end quote, for Drake May. So he hates Caleb Williams and Drake May. I just want to know who Merrill Hodge likes. I don't know who he likes. I know he doesn't like. It's every quarterback that anybody else likes. Uh, Speaking of Caleb Williams, The Athletic ran a story today uh, with some staggering NIL numbers for Caleb Williams. They're reporting he made $10 million over the last two seasons at Southern Cal. One Southern Cal source told The Athletic, it wasn't like having a college quarterback on your roster. It was like having a an NFL starting quarterback on your roster. I don't know what that means, but could interesting. It, could it be that going into a place and establishing and I, I think this is what Lincoln Riley did. I actually think he did this on purpose. Establishing a place where quarterbacks want to go because you're going to pay the most. You can get the best quarterback because you're going to pay the most. And establishing a program that is really founded on the principles of NIL and what what you can what you can get for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some issue with that. Maybe that hasn't been fully fleshed out in the minds of 120 college athletes yet. I mean, maybe. Maybe there's a problem with that. Who's to say? Quack, uh, then finally for me, name an NFL player that pops to your into your head that would be least likely to get a gold grill, like on their teeth, that an kind of gold. An NFL player that would be least likely to least get a likely. gold Who grill. would shock you the most that you see a headline? Ooh, man. Um, Zach Wilson. 
For sure, Zach Wilson. Okay. Um, yeah, former former BYU. Okay, I could say that. You know what? Russell Wilson. No way Russell Wilson's getting a grill. What about Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Stop. Kirk, Kirk Cousins fell in love with jewelry a couple years ago, and now he's commissioned his dentist. His dentist has built him a titanium and gold grill. And there's a photo of Kirk Cousins with the I swear it looks photoshopped, but it's real. Kirk Cousins? And he, and he says he's going to get diamonds and stuff put on it. No. And like he's not done with it. What is your... That's midlife crisis. That that screams midlife crisis. <laughs> God. I, you know what? I would never have thought of Kirk Cousins because I was thinking the least likely person that might actually do it. Kirk Cousins is on my list of, yeah, you're not going to get it, but you no would never chance. do this. There's no shot you're going to do that. I need to see these pictures now. I got to get the pictures. Um, if Aaron Rodgers takes a grill that shines into a darkness retreat, is it really dark? That's it. God bless. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHD.